Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. I'm Anthony. And I'm Amy. And together, we talk about applying God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. All right, welcome back to another edition of Grace and Peace Radio. Welcome all. I am your host, Anthony. And I'm Amy. And we are glad you are here. Uh, This is our... 90th episode. Oh, that's right. The big 9-0. Wow. I know. It's pretty cool. I can't believe it. It is pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought that I would get to, or that we would get to 90 episodes of... Well, you started this on your own mm-hmm. initially, mm-hmm. and I only came into it last year, so... Yeah. You know, you're, you're fully allowed to say I and well, not we. <laughs> I was really... It was funny because just today... In my, you know, I, I go through the Bible in a year, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm using one of those, the, the, the Tyndale version. It's called the One Year Bible. So you read, you know, every day. And it was February 10th, 2020, that I interviewed with the Christian podcast community. So oh. I made a little note in my Bible that day. So anyway, it was just kind of cool. Oh, that, that is cool. Yeah. So interesting. Um, and now we're on, we're still with the Christian podcast community, we're on the Society of Reform podcast. And we're also on Sermon Audio, so it's been really cool to see what the Lord has has done, and we're we're very grateful to very much, yep, mm-hmm. to Him and to to you, listener. Thank you so much for for tuning in every week. We are again just grateful to to have you. Yes, very much. We uh, it's it's for you that we're doing this, mm-hmm. for sure. Today's going to be kind of a potpourri sort of a day. Yes, we're going to do an installment of. What, what verse and, and why? why? We'll play that. And uh, and then we're also going to go to talk about just some of the books that we're reading. If you're not familiar with what verse and why, well, stick around and you'll, <laughs> you'll find out what out. that is. Yeah. It's not then that we'll talk about some of the books that we're reading. Yeah. But for starters, just for fun, I thought I would start off with... I wondered why that was on the table. So. Yep. A sound effect. Oh, a sound effect. All I wondered you, what you were going to do with it. Yep. All of you children of the 80s, (laughs) you know what this is. Here we go. Ready? What is this? All right. Figure it out. I'll give you a hint. It's really hard to solve all six sides of it. And it's colorful. And it's colorful. And uh, usually you can solve it if you just break it, take all the pieces apart, and put it back together. If you break it? That's what I used to. It's the only way I can solve my Rubik's Cube. See, my, my solution is to walk away from it. Yeah, exactly. We were, in, uh, we were in a thrift store last weekend, and I saw a Rubik's Cube sitting there. And it was, it's a genuine Rubik's Cube, not a fake one. Right. And, uh, and it, was, it was pretty new. I couldn't resist it, so I picked it up and... I've been watching a YouTube video on the algorithms of turning it to solve a Rubik's Cube. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, anyway, so... He's been playing with that thing all week. Exactly. So if Amy starts talking the whole episode and I trail off, you know that <laughs> I picked it up while we And you we hear were little clicky, clicky noises. Yeah. So, you know, I picked it up and got lost in it. <laughs> all right. So one of the things we were going to talk about today... Yeah, it, I suppose now we, we we bring it back to... Yeah, I don't know quite how to segue that in a any smoother fashion. <laughs> hmm. You know, just as Rubik created the Rubik's Cube, the Lord created everything. And we know that from his word. 
And so we're going to go now to the word and talk about the word. Well, there you go. How about that? That, that was, was a, that was pretty good, I have to say. That was a stretch, but I'll take it. <laughs> we'll take what we got. Right. So, no, one of the things that I, I thought of for us in this potpourri day is just letting you guys know, um, I know we've talked about it before, is what we, what Bible plan are, you know, what Bible reading plan, I should say, are we doing this year? Um, I tend to change it up uh, from one year to the next. Last year, I was reading the uh, New American Standard Bible um, and just reading it through, which amazingly, I actually got done at the end of 2021. But this year, and Anth had found this for me at a thrift store, of course, because that's where we get most of our books, is the, um, similar to his, the Tyndale One-Year Bible. This one, though, is the Chronological Bible. So it's, as they say, the entire text of the New Living Translation, that's the other thing, in 365 daily readings arranged in the order the events actually occurred. So I did chronological on my own, just having a sheet that I printed out from some website a few years ago. I don't remember exactly when. And I liked it. It was just a different way to pull events together in my head and keep better track of them because I'm lousy at memorizing history. So I also found it very helpful for like First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. It tends to put those together and you have, to me, a fuller history right off the bat. So I like that. And this just happened to be the New Living Translation that he found. So uh, that's that's what I'm reading. So it's it's been nice. I've, I've liked it. So I'm in Exodus now. Um, and literally, the Exodus has happened. I'm past the Red Sea, not too far after that. And... Again, just noting how much the Israelites complain, mm-hmm. um, as we do. And that's that's the main observation, is that, and in their case, God is literally right in front of them with the pillar of fire and cloud, and they still complain. So anyway, that's my current observation of what I'm reading. Okay. New Living Translation, by the way, is... I think it's a great translation. I like it. I, you know, it's it's really pretty good. It's mm-hmm. pretty clear. It's it's the ver- it's the translation I used when I got saved in 2005. I went out and bought myself a Bible and I bought a New Living Translation. It's the version that God used to help me get my head on straight. Mm-hmm. And I like it, you know? Yeah. It just it was a huge adjustment from going from the NASB. Yeah. To New Living Translation. Yeah, they're definitely different. Yeah. And for me, I am, I said I'm doing the one-year Bible where it's the same thing. It's broken out 365 days. Each day, it takes about 15 minutes of reading. Normally, I do go day by day and make it through the year. This year, I'm kind of going at my own pace. So I'm already a few days ahead and not very, not very many, but just a few. So some days I might read one or two days worth of readings and I like it. I mean, it, it gives you a little bit of the Old Testament, you know, reading through the Old Testament, reading through the New Testament, you read the Psalms and you read the Proverbs. 
And then they repeat, you know, Psalms and Proverbs repeat through the year. And I like it. I, I, I latched onto it a couple of years ago and I, I just enjoy it. I like being able to read the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalms and the Proverbs all in one sitting, a little bit of each. And it kind of keeps me, helps me to remember more of the scope of the Bible. Because what I found when I would read through just straight Genesis to Revelation, Mm -hmm. by the time I got to Revelation, I forgot everything in the Old Testament. And by the time I got pretty far into the Old Testament, I had forgotten everything about the epistles and all, you know, all, all that. So it's just a good, I just like reading it because now I'm reading like you. I'm also just after the Exodus, the Lord is giving them the law. Moses is on Sinai. And at the same time, like in my reading, uh, the, the Lord's just about to get arrested. Hmm. He's, actually, just today in my reading, you know, it was the rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So it keeps me in all of those. I think from what you said that it helps you keep the scope of the Bible together as you're reading it. I know I, I tend to recommend to new believers um, or fairly new believers to do a one-year Bible that has all of that in there for that reason. So you don't, as a new believer, you haven't really read the Bible before. Mm-hmm. You're not getting bogged down by the time you hit Leviticus. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's nice bite-sized chunks. It's pretty cool. So now that we've talked about our Bible reading plans, what we're going to do, um, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back, and then it'll be time to play What, what Verse and why? why. So we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, this is Anthony, and I just wanted to say a big, big thank you to everyone who has bought a copy of Jesus Changed Everything. I am so thankful for the reception that you have all given the book. I'm honored by it. I've heard stories of people who have given it to their lost friends, lost family members, people using it in a discipling situation, all kinds of things. It's really been humbling and truly I give God all the glory for what he has done thus far with it. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. If you have not picked up a copy of Jesus Changed Everything and you're curious about it, here's the thing. I wrote it with the idea that it is an evangelistic, discipling kind of book, and it really fits between just handing somebody a gospel tract and maybe they're not yet ready to read the Bible. This is where the book fits, right there. I mean, it's great if they're already reading the Bible. It's Give them a copy of the book as well, sure. But if they're not quite committed to reading the Bible, they don't want to dive in, that's where the book fits. I tried to write it as plain spoken, easy to read, enjoyable as possible. So anyway, I would love if you would go ahead and go out to Amazon or wherever and look up Jesus Changed Everything and pick up a copy for yourself, maybe for your friend as well. Thanks so much and the Lord bless you. All right, it is time for... What verse and why? like your trumpet. Thanks. Uh, This is where we say, hey, what verse has recently stuck out to you and why? So, Amy, why don't you start us off? What what verse have you got for us today and why? Actually, it's a verse you gave me this week from Psalm 
29, and it's Psalm 2911. It's actually the last verse in the psalm, because I went back and after you gave me that, and I read the whole psalm. But this particular verse says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And I know what struck me, I think may have struck you as well, is I like that the strength and the peace in the same sentence. And, uh, you know, we've had a busy week and a lot going on. And uh, I just appreciated the fact that the Lord gives strength and the Lord gives peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were watching a TV show about a celebrity who ends up starting a pot farm. And in Oregon. This, yeah, this person's <laughs> adventures. And anyway, uh, I thought of that verse as we were watching the show, not by any means, by the way, are we endorsing, promoting, suggesting no. to any Christian or anybody for that matter, smoke pot. Absolutely. Thousand percent not. This is just a curiosity show, thing. Yeah, yep. Just a nonfiction, one of those reality shows that... More amusing and, than yeah. anything else. So anyway, but the point is, one of the reasons the person started the farm was they believe in the medicinal healing purposes of marijuana and including even a spiritual element to it. Again, I'm not even going to go there. My, my point is simply that yet, as you watch the show, this person is continually stressed out. Yep. And so it was just a reminder that the Lord, it says, gives... The Lord gives strength to his people. Mm-hmm. The Lord blesses his people with peace. It was just a reminder that not that I'm any better... Not that that person's any worse. It's just, Lord, thank you that I'm saved. Mm -hmm. It it was just a visual reminder that God gives his people peace. God's word isn't, it's not a self-help book. The whole point isn't to have just a good life. But the point is, if we follow after the Lord, he gives us a good life. Mm -hmm. Even despite the trials and the circumstances and so forth, there is blessing and there is peace and all that. I was reminded of Psalm 29-11 even this week as Mm -hmm. well. Plus, another comment on that show with some of these that we watch, and, and this one specifically, we end up talking about it afterwards as we just watch this worldly. Again, we're not thinking, we're not saying that we're any better, but it is interesting to watch a person's life in a secular fashion and what they look to for hope, what they look to for satisfaction, for fulfillment, not even necessarily hope, but satisfaction and fulfillment. And yet they're continually striving. Mm-hmm. They think they've got it with one thing. Then they shift gears, try to find something else, and just fascinating. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I wasn't real clear about it before, but if supposedly marijuana is the healing, calming, peace-giving thing that they claim that it is, you would think that, well, if said person owns an entire farm of it, that they would be in a, a heaven on earth and would be an example of a life that is at peace. Mm-hmm. And yet... You have all of this at your fingertips, and yet it's not. Right. So anyway, just mm-hmm. kind of a, a long aside to your what verse and why. Yeah. But I like that one. Mm-hmm. I did too, very yeah. much. My what verse and why, I'm going to play what passage and why, because it's three <laughs> verses, but they're all tied together, as you'll see. And it is, if you have your Bible, it's in February 6th, <laughs> which is uh, one of the books that Moses wrote. Mm-hmm. I've learned very quickly to not ask him. 
So where's such and such? Because I just get dates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exodus 24, verses 9 through 11. This is when the Lord calls Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders up to him. It says, Moses and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of sapphire, clear as the sky itself. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate and drank. Now, what's interesting about that, and I've read past that many times before, but a couple of years ago it jumped out at me. As I was reading, I kind of turned around like, wait a minute. First of all, it ends by saying, they saw God and they ate and drank. So whatever they saw of God, whether it was just the pillar and the fire or whatever, and they ate and drank. So God was with them while they were eating and drinking there on the mountain. There was some kind of feast there, some kind of meal. But also, who was there? Moses and Aaron. Okay, we'd expect that. Nadab and Abihu. Right. Who, who go on to offer false fire before mm-hmm. the Lord and are killed. Immediately. Immediately for their sin. And and then also the 70 elders of Israel were there. But Nadab and Abihu. So here's my point in this. Nadab and Abihu saw God and they ate and drank, the Bible says. Yet they would still apostatize later. True. But what a sober warning that should be to all of us. Mm -hmm. That these men saw the Lord in whatever manifestation that the Lord revealed himself. And yet they still went on to sin such that the Lord killed them. That is a sober warning it should be a sober warning to all of us. Mm-hmm. And That's every time point. I read through that, it's just another reminder of, of that. All of us are only a step away from really apostasy and sin and misery apart from God's keeping us. Mm-hmm. So, no, anyway. I, that's good observation. Just a, just a good reminder to never, ever, ever lose the fear of the Lord. Absolutely. That has to be with us. All the time. Mm-hmm. And and again, just as a reminder, the fear of the Lord is reverence and awe of who he is as God. Good point. Yep. Now, we just kind of want to transition a little bit. We've talked about what we're reading in the Word, and we thought we would share just a couple of the books that we're, we're reading through right now. Just on our so, own. and Yeah, so yeah. this isn't... This isn't quite a book sprint because we're still running through them. Right. We're not done with them yet. Right. Well, do you want to start us off, Amy? I can start us off. What you reading? Um, you actually got me onto this, and I think I stole it from you before you got done with it. It's a actually a yearly devotional called The Christian in Complete Armor, Daily Readings in Spiritual Warfare by William Gurnall. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think I Puritan. Said that Puritan. It's not. It wasn't originally in a uh, devotional, but it's put in devotional format in this, and it's updated English. Yeah, I was say, didn't you say? Tell me it was updated language. So it's really good. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm very careful about devotionals that I read because I don't want to get caught up in that and not be reading the word. 
spiritual warfare is not something that I think about all the time. I found that Christians seem to be of two camps. They don't think about it at all, or that's all they think about. And granted, that's, you know, overgeneralization to a large extent, but that's really kind of what I've encountered. But the fact of the matter is there is spiritual warfare. So this has been so far a very practical daily book to just keep me mindful of that daily. So um, that's that's what I'm reading along with my Bible reading in the mornings. Good. How about you? Along the same lines, I picked up at a thrift store, The Christian, His Conflict, and His Armor by Charles Simeon. Uh, Simeon 1759 to 1836, was a contemporary of William Wilberforce and led Anglican evangelicals through the difficulties they encountered in the first quarter of the 19th century. I had read about Charles Simeon last year. Actually, what happened was I read a bunch of short missionary biographies, and one of them was greatly influenced by his mentor, Charles Simeon. So I wanted to learn more about Simeon. So I read his biography. So then I, I found this. It's good. I'm about, eh, I don't know, a third of the way through. Much like yours, it's it's a treatise on Ephesians 6. It's it's helpful. I, and what were you telling me about his, his writing style? Yeah, it's not quite jumping out at me, but I'm trying to make my way through it. He had written what he thought was his magnum opus, if you will, was a long, I think it was a commentary on the Bible. He, at the time, self-published it. And from what I understand, it's frankly not very good. Simeon was an amazing man, a great man, a great pastor, a great discipler of young men, promoter of missions, generous, all of these things. But I don't know that he was really... A, a good writer in the sense of clarity clarity yeah but it's good you know uh and there's always something to learn through it so i'm making my way through that yeah no that's cool i for- actually forgot you were reading that um another one that i'm actually really just kind of do it in, in pieces you had found again at a thrift store there are these individual books of the bible that crossway has put out that are scripture journals you had actually gotten me for Christmas Hebrews and Mark, I believe. And I thought, well, that's cool. And actually what I kind of like about it is it does slow you down. Because I want to really think about what I'm reading and then make some comment on it. So I have found that to be helpful. This particular one is actually a little different because it's the Illuminated Scripture Journal. So it's got all these pretty picture thingies in the, which I'm not necessarily into, but it's pretty and it doesn't get in the way. I've, I've had some other just regular journals that that gets in the way, but I like it. It's like I said, it's, it slows me down. So I'm in the morning, if I happen to have enough time when I'm doing my Bible reading, I will read a few lines of, of Mark and think about it. Very good. Hmm. Which one do I want to talk about next? Uh, Again, another thrift store find. I picked up, it's called How to Finish the Christian Life, Following Jesus in the Second Half by Donald Sweeting and George Sweeting. 
And it's exactly that. It's George Sweeting was president of Moody Bible Institute and just a, a godly, godly man. His son, Don Sweeting, was, and it might still be, I don't know, uh, president of uh, Reformed Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's president in Orlando anymore. I think there's somebody else there. But yeah, that's right. I think um, Red. Anyway. I don't or, know. Or, I lost track. Yeah. So anyway, but he was president when I was there for a little while. At the time of this, this was like 2012, I think this came out. George Sweeting was 87 years old. And so really what this was, was George and his son having conversations about the Christian life and George looking back over his many, many, many years of walking with the Lord and just giving some practical helps to people who are in the second half of their life and how to finish the race well. And it's just everything from considerations of how your body ages and changes, the importance of investing in the next generation, how Christians should look at retirement and how that is different than how non-Christians would look at retirement, the somber season when your health goes south. But yet, it's also this idea of the hope of heaven, the hope, how God sustains, how God gives other roles, even in your retirement years, your your quote-unquote retirement years. Um, so it's been a nice little read, uh, nice, practical, thoughtful, and it's nice to see the, the father and son exchange on that. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to reading that when you get done with it. Promise not to steal it before. That's just because I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I'm, I am looking forward to reading that. Well, my main book at the time that I'm working on Actually, this is my second read, and I'm just going through it this time more carefully, doing a lot more scribbling in the margins and the lines and whatnot. Uh, it's called Radical Womanhood, uh, Feminine Faith in a Feminist World by Carolyn McCulley, uh, with a foreword by Wayne Grudem. I'm sure we found this in a thrift store somewhere. I don't remember where we got it. Uh, I read it, I don't know, a couple, three years ago, I guess. I lose track of time. It was written in 2008, and I remember that because that was the year after we got married. And uh, Carolyn McCulley is actually about my age. And so anyway, I'm just, it's, what I like about it is the fact that it gives you a synopsis of the history of feminism. And what I've discovered is that there's a lot of young women that don't have any knowledge of that whatsoever so therefore they don't recognize when it's creeping into the church or into some of the books that they're reading so i'm rereading it with the idea of doing maybe something with it with a podcast later or with a fellow podcaster uh, from the christian podcast community down the road so that's my current read can't get this thing. Um, would you like to uh, oh, come oh, back to the oh. table there, dear? Sorry, we're back. And we're back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Another thrift store find. This one was unusual. I picked up Thomas Akempis of The Imitation of Christ. This is one of those classic Christian books, the devotional sort of book about the Christian life. Not much is really known of Thomas Akempis. There's some debate if he was even a real person 
or if this was just a collection of things. It, anyway, uh, I always thought it was some kind of Roman Catholic thing, but um, it doesn't appear to be. Anyway, I'm, again, I'm probably about 25% through this one, uh, and I like it. I mean, so far, yes, there is a little bit of an emphasis at times on sort of a more maybe monastic lifestyle, mm -hmm. but you can look over that. But I do find that it's, it's dense with truth. I'll read the opening paragraph, for example. Admonitions profitable for the spiritual life. Chapter 1. Of the imitation of Christ and of contempt of the world and all its vanities. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, saith the Lord. These are the words of Christ, and they teach us how far we must imitate his life and character if we seek true illumination and deliverance from all blindness of heart. Let it be our most earnest study, therefore, to dwell upon the life of Christ. His teaching surpasses, surpasseth all teaching of holy men, and such as have his spirit find therein the hidden manna. It goes on and on, and every sentence is... I gave up underlining <laughs> because really every sentence is true. You know, there's, there's, there's some good truth in it, and it covers a wide array of Christian experience. I find it a deep, rich book. Excellent. So yeah, far, that's, so good. That's the other one I'm looking forward to reading when you're when you're done with it. So, very cool. Why don't you, why don't you uh, share another one? Okay. I'm reading uh, another book called How I Know God Answers Prayer, Miracles from the Mission Field of Jonathan Goforth by his wife and fellow partner on the mission field, Rosalind Goforth. And Jonathan Goforth was a famous English-Canadian missionary to China. And anyway, this is really just a collection of stories where God answered prayer. So it's just an encouraging read and just a reminder to, to all of us to keep praying encouragements of how the Lord answered their prayers. Even times of, in simple things, you know, the, the children needed new outfits. And, you know, it wasn't like you could just go down to Target or Kohl's right. or whatever and get them. But yet God provided in incredible ways uh, to provide for the children when they, they didn't have the resources or times when they were in great, great danger, chased by the boxers in China right at the turn of the century, right at 1900. And they were in mortal danger. And yet how God spared them and sickness and all, all kinds of things. There are times where they prayed for some of their small ones, some of their small children not to die. And sometimes the Lord healed the child and sometimes others of their children, the Lord took home. But then it was also how they reacted to it. It's a good book. I enjoy it. It's one of those books that it's best not to read it cover to cover. I, I find I read it. I put it down for a while. I pick it up again because familiarity breeds contempt. And strangely enough, there's a familiarity hearing over and over and over that God answers prayer that sort of builds a contempt where you just take it for granted. I agree with that. So mm -hmm. I put it down so that it doesn't lose that speciality, I guess, if that's the right word, mm -hmm. to remind me that God answers prayer. That is true. They're an interesting couple. There's, uh, we read a biography of mm -hmm. him written by her. So it was, uh, yeah, they're a fascinating couple and their faith is 
tremendous. The last one I have for right now is actually the Bible study that the ladies in our church are doing, and it's a book by Jerry Bridges. A lot of people are very familiar with it. This one's called The Practice of Godliness, and I think this is the book he wrote after he wrote The Practice of Holiness. I'm not sure which came first, chicken or the egg kind of thing, but uh, we're doing The Practice of Godliness as a 12-week small group curriculum, and we've already done the first two chapters in a session, and it's excellent. A lot of stuff that you know, but you don't know. Good reminders. And it's, you really have to think. So you really have to take the time so you can answer the questions and get through it. So I'm really enjoying this study, and I'm really excited that our our ladies are studying this, this term. Cool. Well, my last book, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with Jerry Bridges, Godly Man. I'm sure it's a very excellent book. I just don't think that he holds a candle to this book that I'm reading. You think so, huh? Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, again, I'm not trying to knock Jerry Bridges. Don't, don't get me wrong. But to read B.C. Strikes Back by Johnny Hart, <laughs> a collection of comic strips... From, well, this book is so old, there is no date on it. <laughs> it is yellowed. And uh, anyway, yeah, I really don't know. There is no date in this book. Oh, it's that's interesting. Oh, wait. Oh, here we go. Uh, see, now I just said it was old and it was yellowed and everything. I'm not going to tell you the date. <laughs> you can guess. Busted. Uh, copyright 1961-62. So, yeah, obviously these are... Oh, these nice. Are, um, well, I didn't know that. I know. I, that, I know. That's funny. Yeah. So anyway, I picked up uh, when I was a kid, I loved reading the comic strip BC. I loved all the characters. I used to draw them and all very that. So, well, by the way. Well, thanks. I found this in the thrift store, so I had to pick it up and I used to have a couple of these books. In fact, I think when I was a kid, I even had this book. So which is pretty funny. And it's, anyway, just a mindless little thing. It was funny because a couple months ago. We were at a thrift store and I saw a BC comic strip book and I was all excited, picked it up, brought it home and I opened it up and I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) This was great. (laughs) It was was classic. Yeah. Uh, The bottom line, it was a French translation. Yes. So everything was in French. Yeah. And what I just found hysterical about it is it was French. It wasn't even Spanish. Spanish, the two of us could have probably cobbled together what it was saying. French, no way. No, nothing about French except right. mercy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that was hysterical that he was carrying, was- carrying it around the thrift store, all excited about it, got it home. I was excited for him that he'd found it. And then it's in French. I was amused and disappointed at the same time. Yes. I was like... Oh, man, that's really funny. <laughs> oh, man, that really stinks. So, uh, but no, this one is, this one's in English. Anyway. No, well, it's some, goofy little we, all, we all need those light things to and, read. Uh, I'm pretty sure Johnny Hart, by the end of his life, he, he was a believer. I do remember that he was drunk at a party in college and he drew a picture of a caveman. And I don't remember what else about it, but, but he, the idea of this comic strip, happened when he was drunk at a party oh and but somewhere in his life he became a christian i remember you telling me yeah. that and i just thought that was very very so, cool anyway it's just kind of cool mm-hmm. so that's uh that's 
pretty much it. Oh, I guess one one little bit of news, whatever, that I, maybe we should have started off with. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Not important. But, uh, hey, if, if anybody listening is going to be at the Shepherds Conference in March, uh, there at John MacArthur's church, Lord willing, I expect to be working at the Shepherd Press book table. If you're there at the conference, swing by the Shepherd Press book table, say hi, let me know you you listen to the show, and I, I'd love to say hi to you. Uh, I get to help out with them, and uh, it's fun for me. I get to go and meet a bunch of people. If you're going to be there and you listen to this, say hi. I'd love Please to, do. Yeah, he'd love, he'd love it. You. He'd love to meet. And uh, that's pretty much it. Do, we, do you have anything? I do not. Nope. That was uh, pretty much what we wanted to cover, let you guys know what we're we're into reading uh, right now. That was it. Well, hey, listen, uh, we will talk to you next time. May the Lord bless you. May you have a wonderful week. May you grow closer to him through his word, through prayer, and may you find him faithful and your rock of refuge through all the, the storms of the week. May you find your, like I said, your refuge in him. Amen. Yep. So God bless you. And Lord willing, we will talk to you next week. Talk to you next time. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community and the Society of Reformed Podcasters. For more information, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.